Welcome to the Vood Church Podcast. If questions were packages, who are your questions delivered to? In the life of David, we see his questions addressed to God. In every battle he inquired, he sought God for guidance. And in our lives, we are called to do the same. In today's message, Are There Any Questions? Pastor Don Cherie Wilkerson shares on the posture of seeking God for intimacy and instruction. Prayer is a powerful way we continue the conversation with our Heavenly Father. Join the 21-day prayer and fasting journey kicking off Monday, August 14th at voodchurch.com forward slash pray first. Let's lean into the message together. God's gonna speak to us. You can turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 23. When Rich spoke for several weeks this summer about the life of David in 1 and 2 Samuel, when we went away for some time, I just decided to dig deep into these two books since that's really where God had led him for our community. And um, God really encouraged me as I began to study it once again. And I believe that God's gonna speak to your individual circumstance and also to this body of believers today. First Samuel chapter 23, verse one says this. Now they told David, behold the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore, David inquired, somebody say inquired. He inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. This is a beautiful story. It's only a couple paragraphs, but man, so much transpires. David, not yet the king of Israel, um, he sees that there's a need. And you notice that God doesn't say to David, hey, I need you to go. Rather, David says, do you want me to go, Lord? I see people that are being attacked. Do you want me to go, Lord? He inquired, he asked God, and God says, yes, go save them. So David goes and fights a battle that really Saul should be fighting. He should be protecting the people, but he's not. And so David takes his men and he saves the city of Keilah from the Philistines' attack. And then as soon as he saves this city, he hears word that Saul got wind that David is there. And Saul actually says that he calls all the men of war because he is going to go down and besiege Keilah because David is there. Saul's so set on taking David captive. David hears that Saul is about to attack the city just because he is there. And the scripture tells us, if you'll read on, that again, David inquires of the Lord. Lord, is Saul really coming up to this city? And will the people of Keilah, will they give me up to Saul? And God answers and says, Saul will come up. And then David, he doesn't stop there. He inquires of the Lord again. He says, God, okay, Saul's coming, but Lord, will the people of Keilah, will they give me up to Saul? And God says, they will give you up. And so David steals into the night with his men and disappears, and Saul is unable to apprehend them. What we see in this short paragraph is really so much transpiring in the heart of a leader, that he puts his hand up to be used for a fight that is really not his, but he's willing to step in to represent God. And then someone is apprehending him who wants to do him harm when all he has done is honor the king. And he goes to God again, and then God says, he's coming for you. And then he says, well, the men of Keilah, do you realize what you're reading as you hear me say this story? That the men that he just saved are going to betray him. That the men that he just risked his life for, stepped into the fight for, said, I'll stand in the gap and save your wives, your children, your families. Now God says, yes, they will give you up. Talk about the pain of a leader, but we don't read about David wallowing in self-pity or being angry at God. Rather, he inquires of the Lord, gets the answer he needs, and moves forward on his way. I wanna encourage you today that just like David, you and I, we are called to inquire of the Lord for every single battle. Come on, if you believe it today, why don't you put your hands together in City, Aditi, God's called us to inquire the Lord for every battle. And as I was reading through First and Second Samuel, you know, when I was a young girl, I read that scripture and on the inside of my Bible, it says, David inquired of the Lord for every battle. 
And that, that promise just came a light in me again this month. And I wanna encourage you in your walk with God. I have a thought for you today, a title, if you will. It's this, are there any questions? Will you bow your heads and pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. I thank you, God, that as I proclaim your word, you do the work. And so God, for every single situation, every question, every marriage, every individual, every teenager, Lord, every person in the later years of their life, Lord, speak specifically by the power of your spirit. Lord, change us, shape us, draw us close to your heart. That's what we want. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Amen. Well, we see David asking questions, but how many of you know life itself is full of questions? Every season of life, we all have questions that we are asking. Every one of us, we could go row by row, location by location, we are all asking something today. What are the questions in your life today? Big picture, little picture, really, really urgent, something you see slowly coming down the road towards you. If questions were emails or packages, Who are your questions delivered to? What's the destination? Who is the one that holds your questions? In my house, um, the questions are delivered to me. (laughs) I have a five-year-old son, a three-year-old son, a two-year-old daughter, and let me tell you, uh, if I were to label this season of my life, it would just be questions. Because they have a question about everything. Mom, why is that lizard outside the window? Mom, why does the toilet flush? Mom, why are you bigger than me? Will I be bigger than you? And will you get smaller one day? (laughs) My kids ask me all sorts of questions, silly questions that are actually very real to them. They ask me serious questions. This week, we got back to Miami and Wyatt said, Mom and Dad, I want to talk to you about angels and demons. She's like, okay, can we, can we talk after this meal? I'll talk to you right after this meal. Reach out and talk with him. He got done and said, did that make sense? He said, yeah. He said, I'd like to talk about it tomorrow also. <laughs> the truth is, is that as many questions as my kids have, it has challenged me, it has convicted me and encouraged me because somewhere along the line, all of us stop asking questions. When did we stop being honest about the questions in our lives? See, I'm a parent, but I'm still in need of parenting. I still need my Father God for me to be able to bring the honest questions of my life to Him. Not just when I'm on my knees physically in my prayer closet, but when I'm driving to work or when I get that call or I get that weird text or I have that conversation that leaves me unsettled. Whatever happens in my life, I need to immediately be able to deliver my questions to God, to inquire, to ask the Lord, what I don't know. And here we see King David. Uh, he's found in the field as a young boy and he fights as a warrior and he goes into the palace and he is king. And he, he is a man who has many different seasons, but from the beginning we see him consistently inquiring of the Lord. There was always a question on his lips to the one that he loved and trusted, the one that he sought out. He's inquiring of God in the field, inquiring of God in the battle, inquiring of God as king. And you'll keep on reading this statement as you read First and Second Samuel. You'll read that David again and again inquired of the Lord, not the normal characteristic that we see of every single person in this book. And perhaps today, the questions in your life make you feel unstable. But maybe today, through the power of God's Spirit, He wants to reframe your questions. Could it be that asking the right person your questions will actually make you feel secure? What happens when we inquire of the Lord? Well, first of all, inquiring creates identity. 
We read in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, words spoken to Saul, the king, as he has rebelled against God. And it said to him, but now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. David is known by this declaration to his predecessor. The Lord has appointed a man after his own heart. I've heard that my whole life. I've had people pray over me and I've prayed over my children. God, give them a heart that is after you. Let them be a woman that is after your heart. Let them be a man that is after your heart. And you may hear that statement and think that it's just something that comes naturally. Like, man, they were just, they got the right genetics. They were just born that way. They got a heart that looks like God. They got the good thing. God just made them the right way. Friends, this is not about David's natural state. It's not about, oh, God just made him with a heart that was inclined. No. No, it's not genetics, it's not natural. It is his pursuit and his desire. It is his pursuit and his desire. He was a man after God's heart. And because he sought God's heart, his heart became shaped like God's. Some of you, you're looking around and saying, oh, it just seems so natural to them. Oh, it seems like they just got the right fix in life. Things come easy to them. Friends, that has nothing to do with that. This statement of David that David was a man after God's heart is so much about what he is pursuing, who he is asking. Are there any questions? Because David was full of questions. How do you have a heart after God? You go after his heart. What you seek will shape you. What are you seeking today? What questions are you asking? Because seeking actually leads to being. Jeremiah is spoken to a young teenager who's chosen as a prophet. And God says to this teenager about all the parents around him, about the generation that surrounds him, once devoted to God, now fully living their own lives and whims. He says, they went after worthlessness and they became worthless. Meaning what you seek will shape you. What you are after will actually dictate what you become. The Amos 5 says, seek me and you will live. When we seek God with our questions, when we inquire of him, all of a sudden what we seek out begins to shape us. We simply cannot be without seeking to know. Some of us, we read scriptures and we're like, well, I just gotta be this person. You don't just choose to be. That would be like a cosmetic change to your walk with God. No, friends, when you seek, you become. When you inquire of the Lord to know what you do not know, God doesn't expect you to know everything. In fact, you'd miss out on all the fun of a personal relationship with Jesus. It's when you seek him, when you ask him what you don't know, that you actually become, not the other way around. Are you seeking him today? Who gets all your questions? If I try to change myself to reflect simply what I see, I'll miss the whole point of following Jesus. Jesus, you get my questions and you answer and you lead and you change me in the process. But how do I inquire? You may say, that sounds cool. How did David actually inquire? Because it seems like God spoke to him. I wanna know, like, how do I ask God? Well, relationship with Jesus and inquiring, it's not a monologue, it's dialogue. Sometimes we can think that prayer is just one-sided. By the way, have you ever gone to dinner with someone who doesn't let you get a word in? 
and you're sitting at the table going, this is not a conversation. You can go out with that person a few times and after a few times you're like, I don't think we're gonna go to dinner again. I think they just need a good meal and some time by themselves because they really love to hear themselves talk. Conversation with God is not a monologue, it's dialogue. And God delights in having conversations with you. David asked because he knew that God would answer. He didn't just pose his question so that it would please God that he was trusting him. David had found God worthy to be trusted. He sought him, he inquired, and then he waited to hear him speak. How can I be after if I'm not asking? God always has time to talk. Have you made time? Have you actually made time? I find that we're all listening to someone. We're all letting our questions be delivered to someone. Everybody has a microphone these days. Everybody. The cynic, the comic, every season of life, the jaded, the bitter, the know-it-alls. Every single person around us has a mic, but God doesn't speak in a microphone. He whispers because it's personal. He whispers. And you get to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. But I'll tell you, whatever your heart is after, you'll find it. If you have a heart of bitterness, you will find a voice that's jaded. If you are a woman who has a heart after greed, you will find a voice of materialism. If you're a man that is after the credit, you will find voices that feed your power and your ego and what you achieve. Everyone has a microphone these days, but not everyone is worth listening to. What you're listening to is what you're learning. It's what you're becoming. And it's impacting the shape of your heart and your destiny. But inquiring doesn't just lead there. It also leads to intimacy. Questions lead to intimacy. Isn't that crazy? It's just the way that God's made us. Um, Rich talked a moment ago that we celebrated our anniversary this week, and as we recounted 17 years of marriage and 21 years of being together, what I can tell you is that uh, every season of our life to create a strong marriage, we have to continue to get to know each other. Rich is not the same person. Um, I don't even wanna say when he was 17. Rich is not the same person he was last summer. He's being changed season by season by the power of God. Do I know where he is today? Well, how do I know? Well, I don't know by making assumptions. That's how you can get in some good fights in marriage, and I've learned the hard way. I saw you do that, so I assume that you're feeling this way. You know, the healthiest way to keep your marriage united is to simply ask. It's to inquire. And now because I asked, I understand. And the understanding shifts my perspective. And what I thought I saw, I now see with fresh eyes of understanding. And it fills me with intimacy because our hearts are connected, because we are getting to know each other continually. And we will be until the end of our lives. Getting to know each other through inquiring. It's really cool because like God created my kids to be inquisitive. God created us to inquire. Some of us are cursing the questions. Friends, questions are a part of God's creative process. He loves questions. He's not overwhelmed by them. He fit them into your destiny and the human experience. Don't curse them. Inquire of the Lord. Because the beautiful thing is when you stop asking questions, you stop pursuing. Friends, it's not just the date nights. It's not just the physical proximity of me and my husband. No, even with my children, when they ask questions, it creates conversation for our hearts to be knit together. God created us to be filled with questions, to create intimacy and to create a true knowing. And with God, can I tell you today, you may have been walking with them for decades. There is always more. Yeah. 
Is anybody thankful today? Come on, put your hands together. There's always more. And for David, it's the inquiring. See, there's a historical record of David. First and second Samuel tells us what he did, where he went, who talked to him, what battles took place as he fled from Saul, as he took the palace. We see the historical account first and second Samuel, but how beautiful that we also get to see the personal account. That the Psalms, as you open up your Bible and begin to read, you can parallel the historical account in First and Second Samuel of David inquiring of the Lord to his journal entries and what it actually sounded like as he inquired in every season to actually know the heart of God. This is what he says in um, Psalms chapter 27. It's one of my favorite chapters. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked, here he is, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me, answer me. You've said, Seek my face. My heart says, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, oh God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, oh Lord. Lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have arisen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. That's a word for somebody today. Let your heart take courage, be strong. Wait for the Lord. Come on, can we give God praise? This is personal. This is real. This is intimate. This is honest. This is heart wide open. And when his heart's wide open in the personal recesses of his day, he says, one thing I ask. This I seek to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to inquire of his temple. He simply wants all the days of his life and for all eternity to have an audience with his Father God. To know that when he asks that, God, you care and you answer and you delight in this conversation. You know, it's funny because I read Psalms 27, it kind of sounds like two different people. Like he's really confident and then he's like pleading with God. But how many of you know, you get different waves in one day that feel that way. But however the wave hits you, can it roll up and trust to God? Can it roll up in God? My questions will not be delivered to someone who doesn't know you, to someone who doesn't trust you, to my left or my right. You didn't put someone between me and you as a mediator except for my Savior, Jesus. So I know I can walk into the throne room bold, proud, honest, open, and I can ask you whatever's on my heart. Are there any questions? Are there any questions? Friends, what's your one thing you ask? I remember being in school, the teacher taught me. School's about to start. Some of your kids are gonna learn this. When you have a question, what do you do? You raise your hand. 
And man, in worship, when I'm worshiping God, I'm raising my hands and my heart is saying, God, I've got questions, but I'm bringing them to you because you are the only one that doesn't have one question. And God, I entrust my life. I entrust my questions. I entrust what I don't see or understand. I won't make assumptions. I will inquire. I will inquire. And I will keep on inquiring. David wasn't vindictive. David was honoring. The king was seeking to kill him. And David refused to attack him back. Because David's whole life was not about getting to the palace. And David's whole life was not about being recognized by men. He had already been seen by God in the field. He had already known that God's eyes were on him before anybody recognized what God had placed within him. And so David could honor those that reviled him. He could protect those that sought to harm him. Why? Because David was not entitled. His life was not, this is mine. His life was, I am yours. This doesn't belong to me, God, but I belong to you, God. Every part of me. So I'll keep asking you, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? How do you want me to move? How do you want me to respond? How should I think, God? I belong to you. So I'll continue to inquire of the Lord. When it's, I am yours, Lord, you don't nurse bitterness. When it's, I am yours, Lord, you don't have to have somebody talk you into serving. When it's, I am yours, Lord, you don't need to be prodded every week to live generously and to tithe and to let your life be marked by living with open arms. When it's, I am yours, Lord, you surrender your unforgiveness and you choose to be a peacemaker. You seek peace because you are after God's heart. When it is, I am yours, Lord, even when God doesn't move in the time frame that you expected or desired. You don't walk away and throw your questions to somebody else who promises a quick fix. Instead, you say, here I am, Lord, in your house. It's not my house. I want to be in your house because I am yours. Somebody give God praise. Come on, give him praise in this house. Give him praise in city. I am yours, Lord. We sing that song, Take Me With You, that our team wrote. I love it. But friends, that's an inquiring song. Yes, God is for me. But do you think that God is on your team? Oh, no, friend. You're on his. It's his house. It's his church. It's his plan. It's his story. It's not this is mine. And that's why David had a heart that was after God's. Because every step around the corner, there was no entitlement. I am yours, Lord. Where and when do I inquire? 21 days kicks off in a week. Friends, let's not do the same old, same old. Let's say I am yours like never before. Let's inquire of the Lord. Let's bring him everything that we have. Let's encourage our family members to do so. Let's talk about it. Let's seek God. Let's pray together and see God do something and answer us like we've never heard before as we make space, as we surrender. We don't just inquire and receive intimacy, but also we inquire for instruction. It's really important because hear me today, new seasons require new strategy. And we read of David in 2 Samuel chapter 5, uh, verse 17, of another experience, um, a battle that David faced. Verse 17 says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. 
Now the Philistines had come up and spread out into the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord. There you go. Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? The Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give you the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. Verse 22, and the Philistines came up yet again. And David, and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go up. Go around to their rear. Come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the trees, then rouse yourself for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. I have a question for you today. Are you asking or are you on autopilot? I remember drives home that I've had multiple ones from work where I get home and I'm like, how did I get here? It's a scary feeling when you realize that mindlessly you went down the path because you had been down that path so many times. Uh, I'm actually the worst when I call, you know, someplace for service or something and it's autopilot, it's, it's an automated voice. My brain, you guys, sometimes it's so embarrassing. Sometimes I'll have to call four or five times because I zone out while they're saying all the numbers to push. Does that happen to anybody else? And you're like, I cannot believe I'm calling this place for the third time. I am going to focus. But then all of a sudden you're thinking about dinner and you miss it again. We get so comfortable with the path that we know well. Even though you're on the same road, you may need a different route. Or you may experience new opportunities that you need to be mindful of. Or there may even be obstacles that weren't there the last time you walked down this road. You see, the location may be the same, but seasons change. You can stay in the same city and yet experience completely different experiences based upon the season that you are in. David was in the same place against the same adversary, yet he was in a different season. And he inquired of the Lord for every battle. And because he decided not to go into autopilot and make assumptions and say, oh yeah, we got them last time, we'll get them again and we'll run the same play. No, 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 no. God said, don't go up again, go around. New seasons require new strategies. And your strategy for every season of life does not come from TikTok, does not come from a leadership book, does not come from what the person on your left or your right or the greatest influencer is doing right now. It comes from God. It comes from God. New seasons require new strategies. Let me tell you, if you'll pay attention not just to the seasons, but to the one who created the seasons, you'll walk forward in strength protected. Because make no mistake, if God has different strategies, the enemy has different strategies. And let me tell you something, the enemy's not letting up. So why should you? The enemy's not letting up going after your kids, going after your marriage, going after your peace, going after your joy. So why should you let up pursuing what is rightfully yours? Presence of God with you every step. Are you aware or are you in autopilot? Are you doing what you know to do or are you doing what he destined you to do? We wanna be a people that inquire of the Lord, that we pray first. That's our first response that God, we want to pray 
Why? Because new strategies are required for new seasons. Your marriage may need a new strategy. Your parenting may need a new strategy. Your job may need a new strategy. Your self-talk may need a new strategy. Your thought process, it may need a new strategy. Your friendships may need a new strategy. And where will it come from? Don't just discern the seasons. Seek the one who makes the seasons. Jesus teaches us in Matthew how to watch and pray. He's praying in Gethsemane before he's arrested and he prays in Matthew chapter 26. It says, going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed. In desperation, he's saying, my father, if it be possible. See, even though he came to earth on a mission, he's being honest with God and inquiring of his father. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So God, I'm asking you this, but regardless, I'm gonna trust you. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus is unafraid to inquire of the Father's will. And then he's willing to follow it through, even if the answer is not what he wants. Autopilot will not get you through this new season, friends. Autopilot will not bring the victory in your life, your marriage, your job, your thought life. We've got to inquire of the Lord. But there does come a place in our lives where we say to the voices around us, no further inquiries. You seen that sign? Like, nope, no more questions. See, David, we read throughout the scriptures that he inquired of the Lord, but the only other time we read of him inquiring, <laughs> it didn't lead to God's heart. It led him away from God's heart. Multiple times, David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. And the greatest painful mistake he made in his life came when he inquired, but to the wrong person. Second Samuel eleven three, David sent and inquired about a woman. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? If you're unfamiliar with the story, Bathsheba was someone else's wife. David sees her, desires her, and starts asking around. He inquires to those around him and he gets an answer. He takes one of his greatest warrior's wives while that warrior Uriah is on the battlefield. Gets her pregnant and to try to cover up what he took that was not his, he kills the husband, commits murder and adultery. I wonder how the story would have gone if David just would have inquired of the Lord about Bathsheba. How much pain. His child died because of the sin. Committed murder. Broke up a family. I wonder if David would have just simply done what he had always done. What would have happened? Could it be that there are some questions in our life that we already know the answer to. We just don't want God's answer, so we keep asking around. I'll ask until someone understands. I'll ask until someone sympathizes. I'll ask until someone agrees. I'll ask until someone co-signs. <laughs> Questions are powerful. And let me tell you, the enemy knows this game well. Because if you roll it all the way back to Genesis, the first temptation was a question. It was an inquiry. To Adam and Eve, did God really say? <laughs> it's so funny that we can be so thrown off course by those around us who have inquiries 
that we start to question what God has already answered. Those around you say, did God really say? Did God really say? And we're letting the questions of people around us who are broken and busted up and don't have the life we want question our trust in God. Did God really say, friends, there comes a point in your life where you gotta look to the left and right and you gotta say no further inquiries. I don't need any more questions because I'm not questioning it. God called me, He spoke to me, He said it, I believe it, I'm talking to Him and until further notice, I'm not stopping what He started. Come on, can somebody give God praise? No further inquiries. It's settled in my heart. Don't try to dig up what God has already established. The questions the enemy asks, the questions others ask, and as we close, the questions that I ask myself. Because if I'm really honest, throughout my life, Thoughts of comparison jump in my head. Well, she does it that way. I should be able to do it that way. Well, they, they have that rhythm in their marriage. That should probably be our rhythm in marriage and the way that we flow and the way that we do things. And well, well that's the way that they talk. I should probably. The Holy Spirit, if you will inquire of Him, will speak to your heart very clearly the next time your thoughts start to compare. And you know what He'll say to you? You're not them. And you never will be. You're different. I've charted a course for you that's different. So stop trying to compare your marriage, your walk, your job, your timetable, your friendships, your calling, your purpose. You will never be like Silence the voice of comparison. Stop questioning. If I were to measure my marriage in the way that we roll and when we move, when God tells us to move to other marriages, I would never, ever be able to walk into what God's called us to do. If I were to compare myself to every young mother and what they say is normal and what they say is expected, friends, I would never have the faith to walk the path that God has called me to. Rather, my questions go to Him. And if He says go, I go. If He says rest, I rest. If He says be still, I'm still. If He gives the green light, if He gives the red light, whatever He says is what I wanna do. And neither are you. So silence the voices. It's pointless to compare. You're wasting your time. Last night I was talking to a hero in my life. She's been a friend for years, Marilyn Brummett. She and her husband, Ron, they lead the Miami Rescue Mission. It's the largest outreach in South Florida. Um, they've just served millions of meals, provided housing, restoration, rehabilitation, and the, the rescue mission, if you didn't know, is where we started our church. Ron and Marilyn, when we didn't have a place to go, we started our church in the Miami rescue mission. And last night, she and I were catching up over the phone and um, we just started to talk about the people that fill us with faith for our one God journey. And we started to talk about the missionaries that as you read their biographies or as you read the, or watch the different documentaries on their life, all of a sudden you realize, no, every single one of us have a once in history story and we've got to just keep inquiring of God and the things that they went through are things that we can't even imagine. And as I talked to her, I said, man, as we're talking about this and we prayed some together, I said, this is really stirring up that as I was a child, my bedtime stories weren't fairy tales. My parents told me stories of missionaries. They told me stories of people that went around the world and they, they laid everything in their life down to say, God, I'm yours. And I started to think of all the different names that, that my parents raised me on. And there, there is one name in particular that as a little girl just really stood out to me. And her name is Lillian Trasher. And Lillian was actually born at the end of the 1800s here in South Florida, Jacksonville actually. 
And at the end of the 1800s, she was like teenager, goes to one quarter of Bible school, and she feels the call to the mission field. God just arrests her heart, and she's actually engaged to a man, and he, he was a pastor, but he didn't share her call to the mission field. And my parents, I remember laying on my bed as a six, seven-year-old, my parents telling me in 10 days before the wedding, because she knew God had asked this of her. She had asked God, what do you want? He said, you're called to missions around the world because they didn't align in their callings. 10 days before her wedding, she called off the wedding. She went across the world with less than $100 in her pocket. She saw a need in Egypt and she started with one child who was malnourished that they wanted to throw in the Nile to die because there was no hope and she took this baby as her own. Over years, she started at 23 years old, just doing what she could. No, no funds, no support, and God met every single need as she just continued to inquire of Him. When she passed 50 years of serving in Egypt, over 1,200 children were in the orphanage at that time, and thousands upon thousands of children had come in and out throughout the years. She gave her life away for the gospel because she asked one person what the will of God was for her life. Let me tell you, all these missionaries, it wasn't about their plan. It wasn't about their name. It wasn't about their glory. Even today, thousands upon thousands of missionaries around the world, and you don't know their name, but God does. And God is speaking and leading. And you don't know this, but you're in Miami as a missionary. God has a mission for you, South Miami. God has a mission for you, city. God has a mission for you, Design District. God has a mission for you, Everglades. Will you inquire of the Lord? Because God can do anything. If there's anything that was implanted in my heart as a little girl hearing those stories, it was that God can do anything. Will you just ask Him what His will is? I don't wanna simply ask God to match my plans. I wanna be willing to do whatever He's called me to do. Is He calling me to walk through suffering? Is He calling me to walk through a difficult season? He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. All of the people that have made an imprint in history for the name of Jesus, it's never been about what they knew. We're obsessed with information. We feel like we need to know, no, 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 no. It was never about what they knew. It's always been about who they know. Who do you know? Who gets all of your questions? Because I think God today is going. I know stuff. Where are your questions? I want you to get to know me. I hold everything you seek. And as you seek to know me, not just to get what you desire, but to really know my heart, your heart will become like mine. And I will use you. I will use your family. I will use the most mundane moments of your day and of your life. If you'll just inquire of the Lord. We're gonna pray in a moment, but I just feel led to encourage you. What does inquiring of the Lord look like? Well, you may have been married for 20 years, but it looks like when you're talking in the car and you're overwhelmed with the bills with your husband, just grabbing his hand across the car and just saying, God, we don't know what to do. Scripture tells us you don't have to beg. You're a son of God, you're a daughter of God. God, we ask you, when, when your child is far away from God, that every single time they come to mind, can roll up an inquiry to God. God, show me how to talk with them. Show me how to wait for the right moment. Show them, Lord. God, I trust you. What are you doing? Open up my eyes to discernment. Just in the everyday moments, you can be talking to God all throughout the day and your questions invite a conversation. I will inquire. David inquired. He had a heart after God. Lord, let my heart be after you. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we aren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. 
If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in your next steps on your faith journey. Go to rootchurch.com forward slash online. We love you.